0: Hey, welcome to the Smart, Fabulous and Single podcast. I'm your host, Trisha Ann. Today, I'm speaking with our expert about this week's topic. It's practical, it hits all the hard places and offers tips and solutions to help us move to the next level. So stick around for today's episode. And if you have any questions for our expert, email me at pod at Thanks again for joining me for Smart, Fabulous and Single. Today's episode is dear to My Heart. And would you believe it's dear to My Heart? Because just by speaking to my guest, I understand now the gravity of sex before marriage and the implications and how it can truly hurt us. And I've been there, done that, but didn't even know what I was doing to myself. So I thank you for tuning in. I thank you because as single women, we need to hear this. And I just want you to know that I don't consider this to be my co- podcast. I'm the host, but it belongs to all of us. We all are going to be learning together. Listen, check out the website for resources and uh, show notes. Have your pen and paper and just reflect deeply on what we're going to be talking about. You know, while while you're listening to the interview and go back and re-listen because the content is just phenomenal and so critical for our well-being. I have in studio my virtual studio with me, Dr. Brittany Clacken. Dr. Clacken is a medical doctor in the emergency medicine department of the University Hospital of the West Indies. She's a volunteer with the Love March Movement, which is a youth Christian organization which advocates sexual purity, healthy marriages, families, and society. She's also married to her husband, Wayne, and they've been married for four and a half beautifully challenging years. She, that's how she describes it. And I just love that because it makes marriage for me very real. So I'm excited about the episode, as I said, and I just want to say thank you, Dr. Clacken, and welcome you into our space for this Ask the Expert episode.
1: Thank you so much, Tricia, for inviting me. And thank you all listeners for tuning in. Um, right. So as Trisha said, my name is uh, Dr. Brittany Clacken. And um, why I'm here today, I really love this topic because from a Christian perspective and from a medical perspective, it is something that affects all of us. And I think all of us feel very deeply. Um, I was single for many years and, you know, we, we've all heard stories, um, made our own mistakes, and eventually, as one tries to heal and to, you know, decide to make better life choices, you have to ask yourself, okay, how did I get here? Um, what, What were the factors affecting how I got here and how can I make a change? And before you can make a change, the first thing you have to do is identify that you have a problem and identify what the problem is. So let's start from the beginning. So what what we're basically talking about is is sexual purity, right? And so what is sexual purity? It's the attitude, action and choice of conducting myself sexually in the way that pleases God and for us to be able to do that we need to kind of understand what's going into that. Right? So when we talk about what is what is sex? When we look at genesis chapter 2 verse 4 the two shall become one flesh that one flesh comes from the hebrew word echad, meaning fused together at the deepest level it's like when you mix blue and red and you get purple you cannot separate the blue from the red again it's all one it's all purple so we say that sex is a powerful mechanism that god has put in place to bind a man and woman together in marriage which results in the intimate physical and spiritual mixing of the two. And it's a very powerful tool that we have to use wisely. So think of a power plant with all of this energy, you have all these chemicals, fusion reaction. And when you have all of this energy, it can power a large city, everybody gets electricity. But if there's an explosion, it can be deadly and you know hurt a lot of people and that's what sex is. If you don't use it wisely, you can hurt a lot of people. So we have to think about, okay, sex is an activity that many people are engaging in. Why? Because it's fun. What was God's original design for sex? We have to ask ourselves that. Definitely reproduction, um, a vehicle for a stable society because it fosters healthy marriages and families, and also recreation because it is, a, it is an enjoyable activity. Um, so if it's so enjoyable, why should we wait? until marriage in order to have sex. So there are many implications, spiritual, physical, social, and emotional. And today we're mainly talking about the physical or the biological, right? So um, many of us know about the dangers of having casual sex, or what some people call unprotected sex, which would be your STDs, um, your unwanted pregnancy. But there's a deeper level that kind of explains the fusion, the oneness, the hooked nature, the why, why we can't get enough, right? So we talked about sex, but many people, when they conceive in their mind, okay, I'm not gonna have sex until I'm married, but I'm going to kiss, I'm going to fondle, I'm going to have these long extended physical interactions. So we need to kind of shift our conversation away from just sex and talk about sexual activity So when we talk about sexual activity, that is any intimate contact between two individuals that involves arousal, stimulation, and, or a response by at least one of the two partners. So then that kind of takes our look deeper. It's more than just penis, vagina, or penis and anus. It is a 20 second hug. It can be, um, prolonged touching or heavy petting. And both persons don't have to be aroused. Only one person needs to be aroused. So then that takes us into a different conversation even about um, this kind of uh, predatory nature that some persons have. And that could be male or female where you are pursuing this person and you, and you might be doing it out of, you know, getting an aroused out of yourself and the other person might not be having any kind of enjoyable experience. Um, So it it kind of holds us to a higher standard in a way. Um, Just to say that, you know, when sex is experienced in healthy ways, it can add great satisfaction and value to life. But when it is experienced in unhealthy ways at the wrong time, it can damage vital aspects of who we are as human beings. Um, One of the emotional, well, emotions are based in our brain, right? So... There's research that shows that both boys and girls who've had sex are three times more likely to be depressed than their friends who are still virgins. The girls were three times more likely to have attempted suicide and the boys seven times more likely to have attempted suicide. So the implications of early introduction to sex are very, very important and can be you know, detrimental, especially to our youth. So as we said before, sex is a part of the bonding, emotional bonding, um, that, that bonds two people. And to talk about this emotional bonding or this chemical bonding, we have to talk about neurochemicals in the brain. So these are chemicals that are released in the brain. Neuro is brain, right? And these three chemicals facilitate the bonding process. So the main ones are dopamine, which is your thrill seeker. Think about people who like to ride roller coasters, bungee jumping, jumping out of planes. You get that rush, that's dopamine. Anything, any activity you do that makes you feel good, you feel good because your brain is releasing dopamine. Then you have oxytocin. Oxytocin is the female bonding agent, and this chemical will be released. You would think about it when a mother gives birth and she's just bonded to her child. Um, that's oxytocin. When she's breastfeeding, that's oxytocin. The love you have for your mother, um, that's oxytocin being released. And also when um, a woman is engaged in sexual activity, whether that's with a male or with a female, she will release oxytocin to bond with that partner. Then you have vasopressin, which is the male bonding agent. So when a man has sexual activity, with another woman or with another man, he will release vasopressin from his brain um, that will bond him to the person he's engaging in sexual activity with. The vasopressin bonds a father to his children. So you can even conceive that if there's a situation where a man and a woman are not married, they're not living together, um, they don't have a very good relationship, this man and they have children together, this man may not have, feel any attachment to his children whatsoever because he's not been exposed to them. He's not released this present to bind him to this family unit.
0: So let me just ask a question here, Dr. Clacken, because, uh, and again, I admit this is all new to me. You're saying that whereas we feel that sex is only emotional and so we can turn the emotions on and off as we feel, you know, as we like but you are saying to me that there's a biological aspect to sex
1: definitely right so there's a there's a real biological aspect of sex and this is this is what some people would describe as a pull or an addiction i can't help myself i have to i need sex i need it and it sounds almost um you, you would think to yourself, but why is this person so, so, so deranged? Why is this person so addicted? And a part of it is not conscious. A real part of it is this chemical reaction that has begun in the brain. And your brain is telling you, I need this feeling again. So especially persons who have low self-esteem or you're sad and you want to feel good, Remember the dopamine is the thrill seeker. It makes you feel good. So even if let's say you might be in an abusive relationship and this person is physically or mentally verbally abusive, you know that this is toxic. This is not good for you. However, Whenever you have sexual activity with this person, you release dopamine, and so your brain is subconsciously telling you, I need, to, I need to seek out this experience again. Even though you know that this person is toxic for you, you are kind of seeking it out to get the dopamine. You have released the oxytocin, so you want to bond with this person. So Even though it's toxic and you know you need to get away from this person, the oxytocin carries you back to them every time it draws you back. The dopamine lures you back. And so in a way you feel like it's kind of out of your control. Now, I don't want you to feel like you have no control because we're going to talk about strategies that we can use to overcome and to avoid these kind of situations. But just so our listeners have a better understanding, there's a real chemical, it's chemical warfare going on, a spiritual warfare, physical warfare, but there's a chemical thing that's going on that kind of um, keeps us sometimes in these negative cycles. So the dopamine, as we said, is the, the thrill seeking neurochemical and it makes you feel good whenever you do something exciting or rewarding and so sexual activity can have that effect where it makes you feel good so even if the person you're with is toxic is abusive is fill in the blank some negative thing you will continuously seek after that dopamine rush so you will pursue this person, you will stay with this person, you will make excuses for this person because your brain wants to get the dopamine rush. And it gives you a need or a desire to repeat pleasurable, exciting, and rewarding acts. So this can apply even with, um, think of drug addicts, you think of persons who have issues with alcohol, um, compulsive gamblers. It's not that they don't know the activity is bad or it's hurting them, but it's the dopamine that they're seeking because every time, every time you win, every time you get a buzz, every time you get high, every time you get drunk, you feel good. You release this dopamine. Every time you have sexual activity with this person, you release dopamine. So even though the activity in and of itself, you know, it's hurting you, your brain wants to get that dopamine rush. So, um, So that's the negative side. So on the positive side, when dopamine is released, there's a beneficial effect to married couples because it kind of addicts the couple to want to have sex with each other. So it, it is the good side of it and why sex should be kept for marriage is that every time you have sex with your spouse, you will be releasing dopamine and that dopamine release makes you want to always be having sex with your spouse and you desire your spouse not other people's spouses or other people, or just the, the frivolous sexual activity. And we're going to talk about how, you know, when you not just have sex outside of marriage, but have sex with multiple partners, it kind of rewires your brain. So um, the, way that the, the way that your brain communicates with the rest of your body is through synapses. And a synapse is basically a road. You have your brain cells and think of them as a road and in between each road there's a connection so you can think of it as a stoplight, and at the stop line where you have red yellow and green you have think of those as your neurochemicals being released and that's how the the signal gets passed from road to road to road right as the 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 the, or think of it as the neurochemical is a car on the road is traveling on the road trying to get to this destination and so if you are you know just monogamous, just you and your spouse and you're having sex and you're producing a neurochemical and it's driving along the street and it 's fine and it's good and you will release your neurochemical at the right place at the right time and everything is good and this this road is the road that says i 'm going to be with one person and I 'm going to stay with this person now if you are having multiple sex partners right that that monogamous road it's not being used. And so what happens on a regular road that's not being used? The sun gets on it and it gets cracked. You have these weeds that grow up out of the road and then you end up getting these huge potholes and boulders and the road becomes almost impassable. So similar thing happens when you have multiple sex partners, you're building different roads and these roads are carrying you to multiple sex partners because now I can only release dopamine when it's a different person. So now I'm getting my thrill, not from having sex with my one spouse, my one partner, but I'm getting the thrill from having sex with different people. And so now I've rewired my brain from the way that it was intended to to be used and now I've changed it. So now my body responds, instead of me being addicted to my spouse or my one monogamous partner, now I can only get that dopamine release when I have multiple different partners. Okay. So let's talk about oxytocin. So the desire to connect is not just an emotional feeling. We think about love and we think about all these sweet emotions and it's so nice. And there's a powerful chemical connection um, that cannot be undone without great emotional pain. Um, And the bonding is real. It's just like when you put super glue between piece of fabric or a piece of paper. It's not, you're not going to be able to easily undo that connection without destroying a part or the whole thing. So as, as a woman, even when you hug someone, a 20 second hug, you will release oxytocin. So you will find it's, it's a joke. And I used to make this joke too, before I knew the dangers of this Um, at church, you would say the Christian hug or the bro hug or the side hug. And you're like, well, why is my pastor hugging me on the side? You, you want a full body hug. You want to feel, but when you, when you hug a person full on, hold them for 20 seconds, you might start to feel these weird, you might get some weird butterflies and you're trying to figure out well, where did this come from? This old grandpa and I don't feel anything for him, but you're releasing oxytocin and it's a, it's a real thing. And it creates a desire to be near this person and to place greater trust in this person. That's what oxytocin does. And then the more you um, expose yourself physically to the same person, the harder it will be to say no if that person wants to escalate the physical nature of the relationship. And so this, is, um, this plays a role in what we call grooming, especially for older persons who would prey on a younger person. Um, you spend more time with them. You start with little touches, touch on the shoulder, these long hugs sitting in the lap kind of thing, and it makes you want to trust this person so if that person should abuse their position of authority or power or trust and want to further escalate the physical nature, you would be more willing to go along with them because you've already been releasing oxytocin and bonding with this person and the same thing happens in um, relationships where you're not married and you're with this person and you, you hold hands for a long time, you hug for a long time, you're with each other for a long time, and you feel so comfortable with them. And then this person wants to now um, start engaging in a sexual activity. And now it's not this thing that you're afraid of, or you um, don't want, it's this thing that you desire, because you've already been exposing yourself physically to this person. So now let's talk about vasopressin. So visa person has two primary relationship roles as it relates to the man. It bonds the man to his mate, his partner, and it, it, it attaches him to his offspring. So you will find a lot of cases, especially in um, persons who come from a single-parent household like I do, um, as, a, as a child to a father who does not live in the home. Sometimes you feel rejected, you feel unwanted, you feel like, well, how could my father just drop me and leave me? Well, he wasn't living with your mother and he wasn't married to her. He wasn't living with you. So his brain pathways are not releasing the vasopressin that should be released. He hasn't bonded with your mother. He hasn't bonded with you. And that is why you can feel so detached. That is why men can feel so detached from their children that they have with multiple, multiple women, because their brain pathways, their roads, the cars that are traveling on their roads. is not traveling to the same spouse. It's not traveling to the same children. It is traveling all over the place, different, different, different partners. And they might have different, different, different children, and they might feel no connection to them whatsoever because of the lack of vasopressin that is being released. Now, This is the important thing. Why are we spending all of this time talking about these neurochemicals? Neurochemicals have no morals. Neurochemicals cannot determine right from wrong. The vasopressin doesn't know that there's a child on the other end of this equation that doesn't know her father, that doesn't feel that connection, that doesn't feel that love and attachment. Vasopressin cannot say, oh, let me release myself now so that this man can attach himself to his children. Vasopressin doesn't know that. Oxytocin doesn't know that, right? Bonding can occur even if a couple only engages in sex one time. So there's a phenomenon, maybe it's an anecdotal thing that I've noticed, but um, for women who um, their first sex partner, the person that they lost their virginity with. For some reason, there's such a close attachment. And no matter how fleeting that moment was, no matter how traumatic it was, it could have been a rape. It could have been just a one night stand. It could have been a person who was always abusive or maybe it was a popular guy and you felt so um, thrilled that he was interested in you and you gave yourself to him. And then he kind of discarded you, but then you keep running after him like a little puppy dog, and you're you're trying to figure out, well, why am I doing this? Why am I behaving this way to somebody who obviously didn't care about me? And the 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 thing is, is that oxytocin can be released even with one sex act, and so you find yourself being drawn to this person, this toxic person, even only after one sexual act, right? And and when a short term relationship breaks up. Your brain interprets it the same way as if it's a long-term relationship. So you might be with this person for three weeks and it doesn't work out and you're trying to figure out, well, why am I crying? Why am I so distraught? Or I was only with this person for a couple of weeks and it doesn't make any sense. Your brain has already started to bond to that person. You feel this pain, this grief of a breakup. You feel it in the same parts of your brain that interpret physical pain, like a stab or a gunshot wound, or you stub your toe. That is where your brain interprets these emotional pains as well. It cannot tell the difference between a physical pain, like a cut to the arm. Cannot distinguish that from this emotional pain of this person who I loved, who I bonded with leaving your brain, cannot tell the difference. And you can actually pick that up on brain scans, on EEG scans. So our brains are wired. They're physically wired to develop along with someone else's, right? We want to develop. We want to connect with someone else. And we do that through emotional communication. And that begins before words are even spoken. And sex is an intense experience of connectedness. So you can connect with someone, not speak with them. Just your physical bodies touching or being in close contact with each other. You can, you can connect with them.
0: Dr. Clacken, so you're telling me that I don't even have to talk to the person, but just because we're in the same physical space, all of this can happen with...
1: And oxytocin and vasopressin, yes. So, um, you know, it's, it's funny. Sometimes we can create scenarios in our mind. So I had a friend who was convinced that she was in a relationship with this guy. Never expressed to him her interest. Um, he never expressed interest in her. They had never had any kind of uh, sexual act. Well, I shouldn't say that. They had physical contact. She was being aroused by it, but not him. And it wasn't overtly sexual. It could have been a hand on the shoulder. It could have been a hug. It could have been um, just a hold hands and walk for 10 seconds or whatever at church. And she had this intense sensation of connectedness to him. She really felt connected to him. She loved him. She wanted to be around him and she didn't know why he wasn't reciprocating these emotions. And meanwhile, she had not expressed any of this to him. And so just because they were in the same physical space and they had these um, small interactions, these small physical interactions, she was releasing oxytocin and she was bonding with him. Now he wasn't bonding with her. There was no vasopressin being released because to him it was just innocent. But remember, as we said before, sexual activity only requires one party to have arousal or you know produce these chemicals in order for you to say that sexual activity has occurred. And even though to the outside eye, there was nothing remotely sexual going on. But for her, she was having an intense emotional connection to these small physical touches. And <clears throat> It can be very, very painful when the reality sets in that, you know, this person is not reciprocating my emotions. And so that's part of what the Bible says when it says you have to guard your heart because from it comes the issues of life. We have to be so careful with our physical interactions, even though they may look innocent, because unbeknownst to us, there's a chemical, um, there are chemicals being released in our brain that are creating connections with every person that we touch literally and so we need to be aware of that so we can protect ourselves from the dangers of sexual activity before marriage in a marriage it's beautiful it keeps you connected to your spouse it makes you want to be around them it makes you want them and desire them and desire them physically and emotionally but if you don't have that protection of a marriage if if all of that power all of that fuel is not contained in a powerful uh, power plant as is the image we gave before then there can be massive destruction it can be massive destruction
0: so dr Clack, and you're saying then that some of the times when we feel that we're in love well from a woman's perspective here it's the oxytocin that is tricking us because we're doing something perhaps unintentionally unintentionally but we're doing stuff, whether the the, the so- shoulder touch or whatever it is that's releasing the oxytocin and it's tricking us into thinking that I love this guy or oh, I can't do without him or there's something happening here when there's nothing necessarily.
1: Definitely, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. And, um, you know, it's kind of countercultural because we live in a time now that tells us that we can have... um. We can be friends with benefits. We can have the pleasures of sex without the responsibilities of sex. And knowing what's going on in the brain really helps us to know that, you know, that's a lie. That's not true. Um, Some people think that you can just have sex with multiple partners and it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't do anything to you, but really and truly it does. And you can ask persons who have had a promiscuous lifestyle earlier on. Later on, they want to get married and they have a problem committing to their spouse, not just committing to their spouse. They have a problem performing sexually with their spouse. They have a problem staying faithful. They have a problem even becoming aroused at the sight of their spouse. Um, Even persons who have engaged in a lot of pornography and exposed themselves to a lot of pornographic materials before, some of them find themselves that they cannot... Um, have sexual intercourse with their spouse without having a pornographic image in their mind or viewing it in real time. Um, And it can create a lot of pain and a lot of problems in marriage. And we wonder why that is. It's the same thing with the dopamine. You have created a situation where your your brain has formed these different synapses and, and you only can produce the dopamine if you get a different... Um, we call it a stimulus, a, a different a different um, image, a different person, a different experience. It has to be more wild. It has to be more crazy. It has to be more out there. And that's the only way that you can get that dopamine rush. The one person every time is not doing it for you anymore. Um, and that's a real danger of um, early sexual exposure. Um, uh, you know, and as we we're saying, having sex and then breaking up and then having sex with somebody else limits you to experience only one form of brain activity. That's the dopamine. So remember, the dopamine is the rush. and The oxytocin is bonding for the female and vasopressin is bonding for the male. So when we are having these multiple sexual encounters with different people, we prevent ourselves from bonding appropriately. We prevent ourselves from bonding with the person and instead we bond to the act. So instead of me wanting to to have sexual activity with this one person every time. All I want is the dopamine rush of the sex act. And so I become bonded to the sex act. So I want to have the sex act with as many different people as I can. Right? So your brain molds and gels. So it eventually begins to accept that sexual pattern as normal, even though it is abnormal. So, and, and yes, there's a kind of a double a double standard because we have this gallus mentality in, in Jamaica, um, where men can go around and have sex with as many women as they want to and that's seen as normal, even though it's not normal. If a woman does it, she's seen as you know some derogatory term. But whether it's a man doing it or a woman doing it, it's not normal. And it's because we have trained our minds to believe that this pattern is normal because we have continuously engaged in abnormal behavior. Now our brain interprets it as our new normal Right, so you think of we go back to the tape. Your inability to bond after multiple separations is like tape that loses its stickiness after being applied and removed multiple times. So the glue on the tape is like the oxytocin and the vasopressin. After the first few times, you will bond with the person and you will feel connected with them. But after you have enough sexual partners, you're gonna stop bonding with them. It's gonna be a meaningless activity, and you're just looking for the thrill of the dopamine. So, as I said before, this can lead to a person staying in a toxic relationship, even though it's toxic. You stay with that person, even though it's toxic. Um, It can cause individuals and couples to jump into sex too quickly. So you you meet somebody and you think they're cute and your brain is telling you, well, this is the way we release dopamine, so jump into bed with them. Right. And then, as I mentioned just a while ago, it decreases your ability to bond and it decreases marital stability. So as you get older and you say, well, maybe I want to get married and um, this person is really interested in me and I love them. And you're trying to figure out, well, I love them. But why? Why am I not um, sexually aroused by them? Why can't I perform sexually? Why can't I stay committed? Why do I feel this need to be um, pursuing other people and other relationships? It's because of the way our brains have been wired. That we it's hard for us to stay committed because we've changed the synapses, we've we've changed the roadmap of our brain.
0: Thank you for listening to Smart, Fabulous and Single. If you loved it, please download, subscribe, rate, and share it. Then, head over to our website at www.sfswoman.com to access show notes and other fantastic bonus content and resources and to sign up as a guest. You can also sign up to continue the conversation in our Facebook group. If you want to share topic ideas, email me at pod at Okay, so thanks again and don't forget to join me for new episodes Mondays to Fridays. You can also connect with me on FB and IG at smart, fabulous, and single. And remember, what you have on the inside of you is far greater than your circumstances, weaknesses, and fears. So you already have everything you need to live life successfully.